This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Where you're going to want to subscribe. Anybody listening out there is going to want to subscribe to Zupan's uh, news feed to find out about their farm-to-market beer. Yeah, this is pretty great. They've been doing this for years now. Uh, the newest collaboration, farm-to-market Mega Mammoth Imperial IPA from Laurelwood Brewing Company. And you can pick that up at your local Zupan's. Yeah, so Zupan's, very local, um, very organic, and... And uh, that's good to find, as well as, speaking of local, the Copper River Salmon is now in uh, from the pure and pristine waters of Alaska's Copper River. You're going to find the best in salmon, whether it's king, sockeye, anything at Zupan's. And uh, of course, other things going on sale right now, save on prime rib steaks, California stone fruit, uh, fresh mozzarella, and a whole lot more at your local Zupan's. Also, we've talked about this in times past. I, I need to mention this again. They always have a sausage of the month Chris, and right now it's the curry chicken. My family and I, uh, just a few weeks ago, went to Zupan's, picked out a variety of different sausages from the the, uh, the meat counter there, uh, including what it, uh, at the time was this, the sausage of the month. And it was just a, a great feast at the house uh, because of our local Zupan's. And they've always got great deals on, on the sausages. So be sure to check that out when you stop by your local Zupan's. I love the meat department at Zupan's. All the departments, but that meat department is awesome. Can't be beat. Three locations to serve you, including McAdam, West Burnside, Lake Oswego, and you can get all this information and sign up for that news feed. Where, Chris? Zupans.com. Right, here it is time once again it's portland's food scene podcast it's right at the fork with your host chris angeles from portland food adventures and i'm court johnson co-host yes co-host we're not mentioning what you did but you are a professional you've been sure. in the radio business for years and now just co-host of this and doing some other things too but we can't necessarily reference your other gig because it is no more. It is. I'm, I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I'm a dad. Uh, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a, a pet dad. Uh, what else? Um, you're a lot more than that. You're a friend. You're, you know, you, uh, you do a lot of things sure. beyond. A lot of people, they define themselves by their jobs. And really, um, that may be something that people desire to do. Yeah. But it's not necessarily something people want to do. I should also um, point out, Chris, if, if, if we're defining ourselves by that, I am a fire pit repairman because we have one of these uh, gas fireplaces out on the back deck that stopped, yeah. stopped working last year. And I didn't have a chance to, to you know figure out what was going on. But long story short, I figured out that I had a bad thermocouple, which was a term that I didn't know about even five years ago. I replaced it using a part I found on Amazon and now that fire pit works like a charm. So that see, you can always find those things yeah. uh, that exist. And you know, I like to think of myself as a, I'm not a professional photographer. However, I have made money through my photography indirectly and my writing. I really right. like to think of myself as a writer and photographer, but you wouldn't look at look at what I do and say he's a writer and he's a photographer, but somehow I've been able to keep it all afloat with some writing, photography, and some other interests in life. So yeah, how we define ourselves 
changes all the time. And here's, um, here's what so, we maybe maybe we need to start doing, Chris, is just when we introduce ourselves, we just it's Court and Chris, Ren- Renaissance men. We're yes, we, we can I do think it all. That would, that, that would work. Sure. I always used to have to look up what that really meant right. by a Renaissance man, yeah. but um, Renaissance person. Sure. There we go. There we go. A more All right. Well, listen. Let's get let's get into this. This is a good podcast. I really enjoyed this, and I, I you know, two people who I think um, have built and let's call it an iconic Oregon food business, which is Sugar Pine Drive-In. Ryan Domingo and Emily Cafazo. Um, they uh, built this beautiful little spot out in Troutdale a few years ago. We're going to hear about that, how they decided to do it, what has happened since. But it's really a treat to have them on because I've always really respected what they're doing. Um, they're busy. I've always been a little bit... Um, uh, I know I wrote them a couple of years ago about coming on the podcast, and I don't really. And maybe I thought about writing them, and I didn't. Right? Who knows? But I'm really glad that we do. They did take the time out to come on the podcast, and in fact, they took time out from their vacation in Hawaii. And of course, with the time difference, they logged in at 7 a.m. to record <laughs> on, this podcast while on vacation. They, they took the time to, uh, to have a little chat. I think that's a first, Chris, uh, somebody coming to us from Hawaii, the, uh, one of the islands there, right? I think it also qualifies as probably the earliest that anybody has ever recorded the podcast in their time. Sure. So I sincerely appreciate that. Uh, who knows uh, whether both, uh, both of them or one of them is a morning person or not, but they came across, they did, we did get some, have some laughs across along the way and um i thought it was a really interesting podcast to hear how they how they met how they developed the idea for sugar pine and i especially like the idea that when they moved back to oregon they didn't necessarily target portland they loved the columbia river gorge and all that had to offer and so now they are embodying that spirit in what they do they've also participated in a um a beautiful book that um, highlights some recipes from that region, the Columbia River Gorge and Mount Hood region, Taste Bound, in which they um, you'll find one of their recipes um, as well. And we'll talk about that in the podcast as well. And that is kind of how this podcast came about. Uh, we heard about this book and went from there. So um, I, I strongly urge anybody on their way out to the gorge, which we all do, you know, anybody who's in Portland and enjoys this beautiful environment we have here, uh, something to think about doing at mile marker zero, as they point out, of the old the Columbia River Highway. That's where they are on just the other side of the bridge of the Sandy River. And uh, it's a really special place and uh, something that someone always has to make it a point to visit if they really want to experience this beautiful Oregon bounty that we have. The way they put it together and serve it is fantastic. So this is Emily Cafazo and Ryan Domingo of Sugar Pine Drive-In. Right at the Fork is brought to you by... 
Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest bounty in Portland, West Burnside, McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. Ringside Steakhouse. For over 78 years now, Ringside has been providing the best in steaks and has been the home for the beacon of great hospitality in Portland. Now featuring dining in their updated dining room and al fresco in one of the nicest outdoor dining spaces in the city. Make a reservation today at ringsidesteakhouse.com and while you're there, sign up for their mailing list to be the first to find out about the exciting specials and events going on at Portland's beloved Hallmark restaurant, Ringside Steakhouse. And by Portland Food Adventures. Featuring the best chef-centric experiences in Portland since 2010. Go to portlandfoodadventures.com to see about the exciting trips our host Chris Angeles leads to places you have dreamed of going, like Western Sicily, this September. It's time to stretch your international wings and expand your culinary horizons. Let Portland Food Adventures do all the planning to the best dining and culture all over Europe and elsewhere with Portlanders you'll get to know and enjoy. PortlandFoodAdventures.com. All right. This would be, I believe, the first time we have had podcast guests on from uh, a time zone on the other side of us who got up very early to do this. I assume you weren't up much earlier. It's 7 o'clock in the morning for you, Ryan and Emily and in Hawaii. So thank you so much for taking a little time out of your well-deserved and uh, pretty rare vacation, I understand. Yeah, Chris, thanks so much for having us. Um, definitely a rare vacation. But I have to say, we really love what you guys do on this podcast. It's one of the very few that we listen to. Um, love listening to a lot of different like local chefs talking about what their experiences are, especially in the last couple of years. So it's been really helpful just listening to these episodes that you've created with Court and just thanks for doing this. Oh, I appreciate it. Now we're all done. That's the best news I've heard all day. So, no, I, I, it's great to hear that you're actually listeners. So uh, thank you so much. That doesn't always happen, and it doesn't certainly open the podcast with that information. So, uh, and, and I will say this. I love what you do, and I have wanted to talk to you for a long time. So when this opportunity came up, through the book that you're, that you're participating in, I was... I was delighted and thought, oh, good. Now we can finally find a way to uh, get them on the podcast. So um, what you're doing is unbelievable. I'm also not only a fan of exactly the sugar pine and exactly what it feels like when you go there and the excellent food, but I'm a fan of yours because you all decided to move to the gorge at some point and then build your business around that. I think that's great because there is a kind of a provincial mindset in Portland and I think it's going away after the pandemic that Portland is all there is. Southeast Portland and Northeast Portland and Northwest Portland. It isn't and you've proven that with Sugar Pine. I, I agree. Um, there was a when we first moved out to Corbett in the Columbia River Gorge we were curious too. We were like if we, we saw this cute little um, building on the side of the Sandy River 
that used to be a snacks and tackle shop. And we always uh, just drove by it. And we're like, what if we did something there? What if we put something in there? Like, would people come? Would it be everything we thought it would be? And um, we just took a gamble. And uh, I think it really paid off. It's real. Why don't we, for the uninitiated, because there are a few, tell them a little, tell us a little bit about Sugar Pine and what makes it different and what it's all about. Sure. Yeah, happy to, to take that on. Uh, Sugar Pine's a renovated 1920s gas station that was turned into a drive through and concession stand. It's, uh, it's set on the banks of the Sandy River in Troutdale, right in the Sandy River Delta. We're all set mile marker zero of the historic Columbia River Highway. We're just set right on the edge of the Columbia River Gorge National Scenic Area. It's a really special place with a lot of history. At Sugar Pine Drive-In, we serve up nostalgic Americana with a twist. That's kind of how we say it. Uh, American comfort food classics with a seasonal spin. We also like to call it uh, farm to drive-in. So what we're doing is sandwiches, salads, soft serve ice cream, and classic refreshments. We use modern technique and some global ingredients to kind of re-envision these beloved American dishes in a sort of a fast service format. Uh, no burgers, fries, or shakes. Uh, everything we serve has a story and was inspired by something from the past. So like a novelty or a classic flavor combination or an old recipe. So it's like drive-in, it's like drive-in with a real Portland, uh, sprinkling Portland all over it because it's not what you would expect necessarily. Exactly. We, we knew we were creating a destination restaurant. Uh, we're, you know, like we said, we're 25 minutes outside of downtown Portland. We wanted to create something that was unique, that was approachable, that was also a surprise. Um, so, you know, you can see it, uh, throughout the menu we're doing a lot of things that aren't quite necessary with the details of the food and it's not what you quite expect when you come into a an old drive-in restaurant but we love that we wanted to give people something different and uh and also sort of uh an homage to the past how much of a gamble was it did you have any idea i mean when i drive by there mm -hmm. now or to there and see the lines did you have any idea it was gonna take off the way it did Absolutely not. It's been a whirlwind. We've just been constantly adjusting to try to find a way to manage the volume of people coming through the gorge and coming to the restaurant. You know, I think uh, in the summers, we are serving somewhere between 1,500 and 2,400 people a day for lunch between the 11 a.m. and 5 p.m. hours. And it's a 600-square-foot kitchen. It really is just a little old bait and tackle shop actually once was a gas station as well built in the 1920s we started out in 2018 with a staff of five people and now we have usually between 30 and 35 people uh on a shift helping us serve all these people that are coming out here it's it's just astonishing and and that that's they're all in 600 square feet or there is that if That's incredible. Yeah, if you've been to the restaurant, you see we kind of spread the front of house uh, in quotations, you know, out into sort of the customer area. We've got people working in the parking lot, directing customers to parking spaces. We've got 
people like helping tables uh, as far as like busing and, and, and such out near the tree line. We've also got this little cool food truck that serves wine food from my brother, Darren. Uh, you know, that all of a sudden it dawned on me, that's something I could do at a restaurant <laughs> is direct traffic. That would probably be the only thing I'd be good for. Um, so that, so, and, and it begs the question right now uh, with the labor shortage, how's that, you know, you're, how's that working for you this year and last year? How, how did that, was that an obstacle for you? Yeah, um, you know, we're so fortunate to have uh, adequate staffing at this point. You know, we made a really a good push earlier in the year to get staffed up. Um, and, um, you know, we've really spent time in the last few years focusing on a lot of things that were going to help us, uh, recruit and maintain a great staff. Um, it's one of the areas we think that we are uh, succeeding in. And I think for us, like the most important thing day in and day out is like the culture of our restaurant. You know, last year we saw during the pandemic sort of this, just renaissance of like these ideas about what a sustainable restaurant looks like, um, what a toxic restaurant looks like, what uh, chef owners should, how they should behave. And we, you know, really had some time over the last couple of years to re-envision what we set out to do and just focused on lots of little things that we think put our staff first. Um, and um, yeah, maybe Emily can talk a little bit more about that. Uh, yeah, just to reiterate, uh, since the beginning of the pandemic, we've really just doubled down and really wanted to focus on um, retaining staff. But even prior to that, we opened Sugar Pine in the, with the intention of creating a different type of restaurant. Um, our hours, they're a little odd. It's like 11 to 5. And that was so that everybody could go home that works for us could like have dinner with their families and have a really sustainable life. And like the maximum anybody can work is like 10 hours in a day. We really just tried to make it a little bit more sustainable for our staff and their families. Well, that's interesting. Cause I was, before you said that, I was going to say, well, most everybody through the pandemic was trying to figure out how to make it more sustainable. And, palatable for staff and then you've got a i think a little different i wouldn't i don't know if it's a challenge or not but you're out there so you in terms of drawing from you know the pool of uh labor in portland you can do that but you know let's face it portland isn't a very big commuting city everybody wants to be nearby mm -hmm. so do you have that too or you know i have to commend you because i know a lot of restaurants have started out with your intentions or adjusted but they have still haven't been able to find that sweet spot in keeping people that's not to say we don't have any turnover i mean we do have a few people that have come and gone uh, since we started we do have a lot of people that commute though um whether it's just from northeast portland it's like you know 20 minutes or less um, we also have a lot, you know, like as people are spreading out from downtown, they're they're out in like in the outsides of Portland. We also recruit a lot from the local community. So we have a number of people that live in Corbett or Gresham or Troutdale that work for us as well. We do have a couple of people who are like super dedicated and 
are driving quite a distance, um, you know, from Lake Oswego. That's a, that's a ways, you know, that's where I used to live and I'd, yeah. go, and I'd go to, um, you know, the park out there, what, Thousand Acres or what did we used to call it? Mm -hmm. Sandy River Delta. I did that yeah. until, my, until my Labradoodle was attacked by a pit bull and I thought, okay, I'm not driving all this way for that any longer. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. and when I did that, sugar pine didn't exist. So I would have loved to have uh, had a second reason to drive out there from where I was. But, um, so uh, you developed something pretty special and different. And I, I'm sure you knew that going in, but still you had that kind of geographic distance from the Portland food scene. But then also you had a connection, you know, you've been connected to, uh, siblings in the market and so forth and a lot of positive things going on with social media to help people understand um, so in order for that to happen you two had to have some pretty good chops going in in terms of how to put this together and recipes and so forth and then I'm gonna add to that that it wouldn't have been possible I don't really know you two but I have I know of you and I'm sitting here looking at you now, and I can, I can get a feel for it. But it would not have been poss possible without the love you have for each other, too. I think that is what drives a lot of what, uh, what everybody's able to enjoy at the restaurant. So let's talk a little bit about your food pasts that uh, got you to where you are today and what enabled you to, to be able to have the confidence that we can build this and we can build something pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Um, I grew up in Corvallis, so just a little bit um, south of Portland. And um, my mother was an avid gardener. I was always like out in the garden and I really had a deep connection to fresh produce growing up. And I just loved restaurants and I worked like all through high school in restaurants and just decided to pursue a culinary career and um, got my associates at Western Culinary, if you know what that was back in the day. Um, after that, I worked at Andina and Gotham Tavern. And then when that closed, um, I retained close ties with all the chefs from there. Um, so like Tommy Habits, Jason Barakowski, Naomi Pomeroy, Gabriel Rucker, uh, Eric Van Clay were um, they were all in management positions at that restaurant and I'm Naomi owner um, and so I worked at Beast for a long time when that opened I helped open Toro Bravo after I took a long trip to Spain and um, I've never heard of any of these places what are you talking about <laughs> No, no. Yeah. So here, here's the thing. Every place you mentioned is deeply rooted in our Portland food scene and things have changed so much that there are people, if they just moved here, they're not going to know. You know, there are plenty mm -hmm. of people yeah. who will know wh who those people are and what those places are. But I'm a little sad that a lot of people aren't going to know, you know, the newer folks. And that's okay. Things change. But that's incredible, yeah. that list of places that you just read off. That is a list of the iconic Portland restaurants that built this incredible food scene. 
So I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I'm just impressed with. I didn't know all those all that you were at all those places and helped open such incredible places. Yeah, I feel really blessed. Um, I've, I, I always used to joke, it's like three, three degrees of separation from Gotham, like <laughs> in the Portland restaurant scene, how it used to be for quite a few years. And then, um, but after that, uh, Ryan and I met at a rooftop pool party in Brooklyn. He was living out there um, and he made these incredible sliders. And I, I tried one and I was like, oh my God, who made this? And that's how we met. <laughs> Uh, we did long distance for a while before I moved out to Brooklyn and um, worked at Roberta's as a kitchen manager and Ryan was managing Pock Pock and I'll let him tell more about his history. Yeah. So wait a minute, when you're talking about Brooklyn, yeah, you're not talking about Brooklyn, Portland area. You're t so I'm just curious how this all worked out because I knew, I certainly know Ryan, your brother, Matt. Mm -hmm. who was Portland, so how did you end up in Brooklyn and Emily happened to go out there to have cheeseburgers by this guy who's got Portland connections? How did that work? Yeah, it's uh, taking me back thinking about it, but um, 2008, I lost my job in advertising. I was working uh, as an account executive for like doing some jobs for Nike and Adidas. It's kind of we have something in common, my friend. I've lost a few jobs in advertising. <laughs> yeah, it's a, fun, it's a fun time. Um, now, I was re-envisioning what my life would look like, and I always knew that I, I wanted to do something in food. I was just kind of wasn't sure how to do it. So um, I applied at a coffee shop, and then I started working at a, a counter-service brewery called The Lucky Labrador. Uh, which solidified my love for counter service. Shout out to Gary Geist, good guy. Um, was there for probably a little over a year, but worked my way from dishwasher to assistant manager within the course of about six to eight months. Um, and I kind of had this idea that I wanted to, you know, cut my teeth in fine dining, so um, or try to work for the Food Network, which was my big plan, but didn't work out made my way out to Brooklyn, New York, and um, opened a few different restaurants out there. Um, one of them being uh, Pock Pock and Red Hook. Uh, got to work with uh, Andy Ricker uh, during a time of crazy growth for that company. Um, and it was just a huge learning experience for me. Um, really exciting. Uh, just this hand-built restaurant that was uh, like nothing I'd ever seen it took so many people to execute that menu at that such a high level. I mean, we were serving all kinds of crazy celebrity chefs, uh, three hour wait in the middle of nowhere in, in, uh, you know, the South of Brooklyn. And, you know, it was just really fun. And, and, uh, you know, got to work with a great service manager there, uh, Matthew Adams, um, and just learned so much. But yeah, I was throwing a 4th of July party um, for the staff and Emily was a friend of a friend and was visiting and somebody said, hey, you gotta meet this girl. Uh, she was on Iron Chef America with Naomi Pomeroy and that was just like, all right, I gotta, I gotta talk to her, so. Did, did Portland come up? I'm sorry to keep saying that, but I'm just trying to make this connection. Did, uh, did Portland come up in the conversation, like, you had to meet this girl from Portland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there okay. were some people that were at Pock Pock that were 
you know, co- co-workers that were from Portland. And we made that connection uh, right away. Um, we spent a little bit more time in New York. Like Emily said, she moved, started working at Roberto's. I worked at Roberto's for a little bit as well in, in, in mobile catering, did a stage over at 11, 11 Madison Park for a little little while. And then um, we started talking about what what uh, we really wanted to do. And we always knew that moving back to Portland uh, had to be a reality for us. We loved just the community here. Um, also the access to great food, great ingredients. We knew that we wanted to build a food business together eventually. We never thought it would be a restaurant, but we also really know we wanted to live and build a business in the Columbia River Gorge. It's just our favorite place. Yeah, so we came back and started a catering company and did a ton of weddings and um, just other events. We would do events for like 10 people and just like make these crazy curated fine dining experiences. Um, it was it was fun. It wasn't very lucrative at the time, but um, when we opened Sugar Pine, part of our business plan was just to have a catering kitchen in the location that was a little bit closer to home. And um, I think in our business plan, we were like, well, if we sell, it was like 20 sandwiches a day. And then (laughs) (laughs) it was was just silly. Like we were like, then we'll make it, I guess. I mean, we'll we'll be okay. And then it just took off. From the first weekend we opened, there was a line like out the door around the corner. We just had um, Ryan's brother, Matt, my brother, Jackson, my mom, Kathy, uh, for the first weekend. It was, that was it. It was just the five of us just sweating. And so we immediately like called our catering staff and we're like, hey, can you guys come? And we just like really opened it like on a shoestring and a wish. So, and so was, after, I would love to have been a fly on the wall after that first weekend when you both looked at each other and said, what the fuck? What do we yeah. have to do now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our friends would come in and just see, like, the terror in my eyes and be like, can I help? <laughs> I'd be like, okay, yeah, put on the apron. Let's go. So you must yeah. have sold out, right? Because you were thinking if we could sell 20 sandwiches and then, boom. I don't know how many it was that first weekend, but it had to be crazy. Yeah. Well, since we were used to doing catering, I don't think we sold out of anything. We were like ready for large numbers just in case. Um, And we're like really well accustomed to doing large uh, production. So um, yeah, we just like didn't sleep very much for the first month. For the first couple of years. uh, I was gonna say, are you sleeping yet? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, we're on vacation uh, for for the first time since the pandemic. Uh, we we decided that um, things had calmed down enough that we were able to take uh, ten days away from uh, the restaurant and our team. And we're just like we said earlier, we're really trying to model that good behavior of taking care of yourself and your mental health, and just creating a really safe space. And so if if we don't do it, then nobody else will. So um, just trying to model that as well. Well, 10 days is a, good, is a good model, right? Because it doesn't become sustainable until you don't have to touch it every minute. 
So yeah. when you know you can get away for 10 days, uh, then someday you know you can get away for a month, um, perhaps. Mm -hmm. I'm not suggesting that, but you know, that's something that a lot of people in the industry don't, don't work towards, they don't realize it, and they don't get there eventually. I mean, that's why a lot of people, I think this pandemic was a reset for a lot of people. Was it a reset for you? Um, I don't, I'm guessing it didn't affect you too much because your, you know, your clientele, your customers are outside, right? You didn't have as many issues to deal mm -hmm. with as, as many other restaurateurs. I mean, I, I think we definitely had challenges, but I think the restaurant was poised to be um, able to survive. Um, the pandemic uh, just offered up so many different challenges, but just being an, an all outdoor seating restaurant, I think it gave it some, some comfort um, for our guests, um, just being able to eat outside in the fresh air. We That's also were sort of a destination it. restaurant as well, where you know people could drive out of the city and feel like they were just you know almost, almost on vacation you know just like taking a, a retreat out to this you know sort of natural space with a little restaurant on it and i think that made people feel really good we yeah, also no, were that's, uh, we, we saw it out on the coast too everybody was getting out of town and that was their vacation that was it for the day or the week mm -hmm. yeah I think also just being able and set up to do high volume takeout was something we were already doing. Um, and so, you know, we added an online store, we reduced our hours from, you know, we were doing 11 to seven originally, and then we took it back 11 to five, because it was just like, everything was taking such a toll on us. We really did a lot of things to just make it easier on us, easier on our staff, and really thought about, okay, well, what why are we just chasing more and more and more? Why don't we refocus and figure out how to make this work in the long term? So that's what we did. And your lives too, not just the business being sustainable, <laughs> but your, your lives. And I think that is pretty cool that you did some thinking about that and, uh, and, and your, your employees benefit by that too, that, yeah. that mindset. Yeah. Pausing just a moment here, Chris, to talk about one of our favorite places to eat here in Portland, an institution, a Portland institution, Ringside Steakhouse. And get excited because now Ringside is open seven days a week, so you can join them for indoor and heated patio dining any day of the week. The hours are Monday through Thursday, 5 to 9, Friday, 4.30 to 9.30, Saturday, 4 to 9.30, and Sunday, 4 to 9. So everything's closed. Close to the same, but go on Ringside's website to check out the updated hours and, of course, uh, see about their prime rib three-course $48 special that is moving back to its historic Monday. Yeah, that's really great. I, I, that's one of my favorite things to get at Ringside Steakhouse, so uh, you can put that back on the agenda for a Monday night. And... Prime ribeyes by the case are back at Ringside. Ringside signature steaks are for sale on the website right now. Uh, they're available for pickup on Saturday, June 18th, which is Father's Day weekend. Don't forget that. Mothers 
other people and fathers. Yeah, Chris, we should also point this out. Not only can you get their great steaks, but if you love the way Ringside seasons their steaks, you can actually pick up the Ringside Signature House seasoning as part of this. So do that I as have well. some Ringside Steak Salt that I had from a, a pack of beautiful food that I served at a party at my house uh, not long ago. And that Ringside Salt, the, the, the steak salt that yeah. they provided is going to last me for a couple of years. I assume it's going to be good for that long. Very nice. It's you great. Can, you can put it on steaks, chops, chicken, and your vegetables. Why not? So make those reservations on the website. Check out the hours on the website, ringsidesteakhouse.com. One of the things I wanted to talk about was the gorge and your love for the gorge because you were drawn there, you moved there. What are some of the, uh, the things that you still get to do that you enjoy or some of the things you really enjoyed before you, were, you started Sugar Pine that you'd like to get back to out in the gorge? Are you, are you spend a lot of time on the river, on the mountain, uh, you know, in the Mount Hood area? What's, what's the deal? Yeah, we do a ton of hiking uh, with our dog, uh, just checking out the waterfalls. It's so great. Um, you know, everybody refers to the Columbia River Gorge as like Portland's playground. And um, before and after the Eagle Creek fires, I felt like that was like a huge talking point. But there's so many activities in our neighborhood. It's it's pretty out, outstanding. Um, there's a lot of resources on the Mount Hood and Columbia River Gorge tourism site, which um, we just worked with them on this uh, cookbook where we contributed. Um, our recipe was um, part of our Larch Mountain Sunday, which is a signature that we have at Sugar Pine. It, it pays homage to um, Larch Mountain, which is uh, one of our favorites for hiking and foraging. It's beautiful and up so, there. I made it to the, I drove up to the top yes. once, and it's pretty incredible. So, uh, it's something super that does, beautiful. Yeah, it does something that doesn't leave your psyche once you've been there. So, as soon as I saw that you're, that you were named at Larch Mountain, it automatically conjures up positive things. Yeah, our, our catering company was called Larch Provisions as well um, when we used to do large um, catering events. So we also wanted to tie that in, but it's, um, there's so much to see. There's so many farms. You like drive past lavender fields, you see beehives. There's tons of flowers and greenery. There's conifers and pine trees. Um, it's just like, rocky boulders all the way up to that drive is just stunning um you pass blueberry farm so we really wanted to tie all that in into one sunday so we do like a vanilla chocolate swirl with blueberry lavender sauce pine nut honeycomb crunch and then um these like really awesome chewy uh delightful brown butter blondies uh to serve as like the rocky component and um, in our Sunday, it's we we try to touch on texture a lot with our f food, so that it's like really that experience. So like the crunch of the pine nut honeycomb crunch, the smooth richness of the ice cream, the like chewiness of blondies. So um, if you ever want to check out that recipe, it is um, 
in a free downloadable book that's available in both English and Spanish. You can uh, digitally download it at www.hood-gorge.com. Um, and within that, um, there's a lot of other resources just for visiting and touring the Gorge just at that same website. So really check it out if you want to come check out our neck of the woods. And also, aren't there some other recipes too from some other chefs and restaurants in the in the area as well? Yeah, some of our favorites. I think there's a pizza on there from uh, the folks over at Solstice in Hood River. A cherry, a cherry pizza. Yeah, looks amazing. We love those guys. We're always so, talking talking to them. So I've been I've been going to Double Mountain all these years for pizza because I love it and that's pretty close to my roots in New Haven. But you're telling me I, I need to I need to divert and well I don't know if you're telling me that but this book is telling me I need to go try a cherry pizza. Ooh, I don't know if I want to say that. Uh, all the pizza in Hood River is fantastic, but oh, um, go. yeah, we've got a we've got a collaboration <laughs> cider as well from Double Mountain that we've got on tap exclusively at Sugar Pine. So. Definitely go well, to Double listen, Mountain. All I was saying is I need to go somewhere else <laughs> once in a while. I yeah. still love Double Mountain with all my... I've been up... Listen, I'm in Manzanita, and I've been here eight years. I've probably been to Double Mountain 20 times in that period of time. So, yeah, no, it's a, it's a worthy destination, and it's where I stop all the time. But at any rate, all I'm saying is there are some other things up there because I can tend to get single-minded. Oh, yeah. It's nice to get new suggestions. Yeah, there's... Uh, Solstice? Beautiful. It's right on the the river too. Um, it's on the Columbia in front of like this park, and you can watch the windsurfers. It's a real experience as well. It's awesome. Cool. Yeah. And there's also the uh, what's the name of the fish place in um, uh, that's in the book as well. I'm trying to think of um, Cascade Locks. in Cascade Locks. Yes. What is the name of that? That's Brigham Fish Market. They have a really cool recipe for some salmon meatballs. Why didn't they call them salmon awesome fishballs? That's when I saw that. I was like, it should be fishballs. I guess there's, there's fish meat in there. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, how was that working? So is that uh, when, when you, when did the author, did the publishers come to you about that? Did you have a hard time deciding what recipe you wanted to use, or did you immediately say, this is the one? This is the one we're going to do. Um, the, the authors, um, Lizzie from Hood Gorge, is, uh, she's a regular at our restaurant, and um, we've known her for quite a while. So um, when she approached us, we were delighted to be included. Um, we really love everything about the gorge um and there's so much to see and do whether you're like taking a leisurely drive on the fruit loop and checking out all the apple farms and cherry farms and like mountain view orchard is out there which is beautiful there's there's it's just stunning vistas wherever you go um between Troutdale and hood river and uh, the surrounding um, and so we were really excited. The reason we just thought to include the larch was because it really ties to our uh, area of the gorge, which is Larch Mountain and the Sandy River. We haven't come up with the Sandy River Sunday yet, but we're working on it. We're workshopping it. I think it's, uh, for me, it would have to be something that's got something to do with dogs. 
That's the word. I, I mm. you know, my my dear dog Oakley used to spend a lot of time in the Sandy River. So, by the way, I noted I was looking at your Instagram. We both lost 17-year-old dogs last year around mm. the same time. Um, mm. And you have another dog now too. Did you? Is that mm. a dog that you? Did you? Did your dog learn from? Was it? Uh, your dog's name was uh, Elijah or Eli? Eli. Mm-hmm. Eli. Did um, your, did yeah, your current e- dog do a lot of learning? I, I am a big proponent of how that worked out because I saved myself a lot of anguish uh, and got a wonderful dog out of it. The dog benefit, Kodak now benefited from it too. So I'm just curious to hear your experience. Yeah, we got we got our dog uh, June um, six years ago to keep Eli young. Um, he was starting to get a little bit um, having a harder time walking and stuff, and it really just revived his spirit. He's he's such a a, a cherished member of our family even still. Um, but uh, I don't know if. June learned very much from him. <laughs> She's kind of her own spirit, but, um, but nonetheless, they're both wonderful But dogs. Eli, if my math is correct, was around another five years after after that five or six. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, my Oakley, we had, I was trying to plan it with when I thought we were maybe a year or two away, you don't know. And we mm-hmm. got a, we, three years of joy out of him and yes i understand where he's still part of your family uh i'm still posting in my memories feed on facebook he's still there every day so i'm still mm-hmm. i'm st- he's still with us in many ways so sorry um, for your loss chris yeah, yeah it's uh it's hard for us to talk about too um but you know it's just hard to have a it's hard to have pets when you you know run a restaurant i i, I can't i don't know why we did it um uh, but we, we did our best. Um, and, uh, we created a place that's dog friendly too, which we love. Um, so if you've ever been to Sugar Pine, you'll, you'll notice just dogs running around everywhere. Um, it's pretty fun for us. Uh, I don't know if it's fun for everyone, but, um, apparently dogs like to eat ice cream too. So we serve these things called pup cups that people buy a lot for their dogs in the drive through or at the walk up window. And, um, it's a fun it's a fun site uh we joke that we're mostly a dog restaurant at this point but uh well they're better customers they don't they'll never leave you a shitty yelp review (laughs) (laughs) you know uh, and they're very appreciative you know you know they're loving everything i think uh one of your previous guests uh, uh bill oakley he hit us in our first six months of being open actually and uh he was in this phase of really, he really loved, he was going for the negative on us, um, which I think, you know, a lot of it was truthful. Uh, we really didn't know what we were doing at that time, but, um, but it was, it's fun to see him on the, uh, on the podcast with you too. Yeah, well, that was a surprise for me. Court took over while I went away. So, uh, <laughs> I was interested to hear from him. I didn't know that he had, uh, that he had done that. We kind of lost Ryan a little bit there. So Emily, I don't know if you can fill in a little bit about what he what he really said about what Bill Oakley, our guest, like two or three weeks ago uh, on the podcast, what he had said. 
Um, I don't know if I would do it justice. Uh, Ryan and I kind of take on different roles in the restaurant, and he is much more in tune with the reviews. I kind of tune it out. Uh, that's the way I maintain. And I don't read any of the, um, the Yelp or the reviews themselves. Um, when certain issues come up, he'll talk to me about it. But if there's, like, a way that we need to improve... But Ryan has his own opinions on Yelp reviews. <laughs> right. Well, and those things are going to, those things, if you just get an outlier on that, you don't have to react to that. So, it, you know, and mm -hmm. you're running a pretty smooth machine there. So it's got to be something you hear over and over and over again. And that doesn't exist, I would imagine. I'm not reading your reviews, but I would imagine Ryan is catching that if it were ever to happen pretty soon in the ballgame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, save yourself some time. Don't read our reviews. Um, uh, it's it's uh, it's a deep dive. <laughs> well, sometime it may be interesting to see. But I always believed you gotta you gotta throw out the top and the bottom. It's like diving, uh, scoring dives uh, or swim dive meets. You got to throw out the top and the bottom and look at the meat, and it's it's all going to be there. Ryan, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your family. Uh, how many brothers do you have? Yeah, I've got three brothers, four of us total. We um, four total. So I know I know Matt, but I I've kind of heard about others too, and I then found out about you after I knew Matt. So um, yeah. you all have good connection to food. How did that happen? Yeah, you know, when I was working in advertising, Matt was, um, he was doing his thing at Park Kitchen. He was working the line with Will Preish and uh, a couple of the other guys, um, old timers there. Uh, R.I.P. by the Will, way, who's now love added, that restaurant. Who's now, now out at Abbey Road Farm, just so that people know. Yeah. Because not everybody knows who Will Preish is. They should. They should, they, they should. He's a great guy. Yeah. Um, and I had always been interested in food, but just didn't know where, where I would land with it. Um, Matt is more like the marketing genius brother. My twin brother, John, works in finance. He's like a CFO of a nonprofit company here in Portland. Uh, Darren uh, is another food guy. So he is the head chef of Depine Grinds, which is our food truck just adjacent to the drive-in. Um, which I can't say enough good things about. Darren is really crushing it over there. It's been open for, you know, on and off for over a year, um, but just reopened for the summer, uh, spring and summer. And he's just, the food he's putting out of there is just astonishing to me. So um, really happy to see him doing that. These are some classic Domingo family recipes that um, we've always wanted to see served, you know, on the, uh, on the big stage, I guess, and uh, it's it's just really fulfilling to see that happen. But yeah, we we. So am uh, I? I don't mean to. I don't mean mean to presume, but did your family come from Hawaii? Because that's what you're doing in that truck. And when you say classic family recipes, let's assume that's where it was coming from. Yeah. Um, long story, but I'll keep it short. My grandfather was born in Ilocos Norte in uh, the Philippines, and he moved to Kauai. And my dad was born there in Keikaha. It's one of our favorite places to visit here. And um, uh, then my dad and, and uh, my grandfather and the family moved to Orange County, then found their way up to the Bay Area. 
And um, yeah, me and my three brothers were born there in Los Gatos. But just made our way to Portland. We all played soccer at the University of Portland, actually all at the same time. Um, wow. So that was a really fun journey. And we all got our business degrees there. And uh, except for Darren, Darren moved back to the, the Bay. But um, we kind of just all came back to Portland finally. My parents are up here too in Lake Oswego. Wow, that's very cool. I'm feeling like Henry Louis Gates a little bit. I'm uh, discussing how you two met. I don't know if you've seen Finding Your Roots, but I kind of enjoy that. Um, mm -hmm. that, is, that that's great, and you're all still close. That's, uh, that's pretty cool to hear. And I know Matt just had, Matt's life has changed a little bit in the last year, right? Yeah, so Matt has a, uh, a daughter now and um we have we're so blessed we have um four nieces and one nephew between all the brothers and grandma domingo lives up here too i think she just celebrated 92 wow is that right and yeah i think so 92 i don't even know if this is politically correct anymore but is grandma domingo looking at you two saying <clears throat> excuse me is it all restaurants for you and dogs or, uh, you know, are, are you able to even think about that? And is that, it's none of my business. I'm not, I'm not even supposed to ask that. You can't ask that on a job interview, right? This is not a job interview. <laughs> yeah, we had, uh, yeah. we had big ideas at one point um, in that regard. Uh, and then we, we've got a staff of 30 employees and uh, realized that, these were our kids now and um who knows it's not off the table no pun intended okay well no that's good and i was i was gonna say your staff are your kids and you're taking good care of them so that's great so let's um talk I'll just i want to you know you two as i said have deep roots in the food scene so you must have some favorites that are still around where you like to go when you have a moment uh, can you talk a little bit about some of the places that you like to go? We always like to hear those. That's what I've been doing for 12 years, is hearing the people who know talk about where they like to go. Sure. Yeah. Emily, you go for it. Oh, I would just say my favorite right now, um, we, we spend a lot of time in Montevilla, uh, eating and, uh, Lazy Susan is the number one for us. Yeah, Andrew and Nora there, uh, just doing amazing, you know, neighborhood comfort food, super approachable, really delicious high end. We went to eat in an Astral pop-up recently. That was amazing as well. Can't say enough good things about Astral. Johnny and Lauren there, yeah. fantastic. Uh, Gato Gato. Uh, we really miss eating pock pot food. I can't say it enough, though. Golly, I, I wish that was yeah. still there. Well, you're gonna have. You, you might have to go to Thailand and just have him drive <laughs> you to places that are like that. But so any. So were you done with your list? Is that uh, no, I've got some others. Uh, we love going to Good okay. Coffee in Troutdale. If you guys haven't been to the new location there in downtown Troutdale, Good Coffee, mm -hmm. the Purvis Brothers, Sam and Nick, doing amazing things for. For the West Columbia Gorge, so we're happy to have those folks uh, just a stone's throw from the drive-in. We also, whenever we get a chance, we're headed to Cascade Locks to go to East Wind Drive-In, 
uh, just a little family run spot there. One more, one more time, you, you cut out a little on that, so let's make sure we hear it. Yeah, East Wind Drive-In in Cascade Locks. East, uh, classic burgers. East Wind. Uh, you know, fries, shakes, salsa, ice cream. Uh, we loved that sort of uh, nostalgic visit there. It's someplace we used to go to in college as well. So we love that place. Nice. I think that's a pretty good list. I appreciate it. Um, so uh, how long are you spending in Hawaii? And uh, I, I assume that your kids back at the restaurant are looking forward to your, your return. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, yeah, we just have a couple more days here, um, and then we'll be headed back on Thursday. Uh, we do miss our team back at the restaurant, but they're doing such a great job. It's been a really busy week because it's been in the high 70s um, or mid-70s in, in Troutdale, at least, uh, this last weekend. So they were, they were really busy, but they didn't run out of anything, and they did a great job. So um, we're super proud of them and it, it's nice to know that like we don't have to be super involved all the time <laughs> how often are you checking in i'm curious as to how uh, how you're able to just enjoy yourself and relax without thinking we need to know what's going on or do you only hear when there's a a little problem do you get a message on that they are keeping us out of the problems. Um, they're just problem solving themselves, which is really helpful. Um, they do. We do read like the shift log every day, um, and that way we can just check in, but not be overbearing either. So that's really nice. I think everybody's appreciating it. I've been checking Especially in quite you. a bit more than Emily, but uh, yeah, I won't. I won't <laughs> say more than that. <laughs> Well, well, you have the system. You have the system down. So, um, mm -hmm. uh, I just lo I had a thought. I'm going to mark this, and uh, lost my train of thought there. Where I wanted to just I, I want to let you go. I want to release you. So I wanted to have a segue. Oh, I know what it was. Good. Um, so we know you're busy and you're crowded do you have a suggestion for our listeners as to maybe the best times to come and maybe what they might want to some some special things that you recommend um, that they order as well so uh, are there times to go where they there might be a less of a, a line than others well, one really cool thing we have is um, we have an online ordering system. So um, you can skip the line and order online uh, at ordersugarpine.com. That usually gives you the best indication as to how long the wait is as well, because it'll give you a specific time when the food will be ready. Oh, that's nice. Um, so I would definitely suggest that the only thing ice cream you can't order in advance because obviously ice cream is a made to order thing um so you do have to do that in person uh through the drive-through or in the line um but yeah i would just suggest that it gives you the best idea because it does fluctuate and uh definitely based on weather and sunny conditions it takes a little bit longer mm -hmm. um but uh come anytime it's a it's beautiful you can walk down to the beach if you're have a longer wait or uh check out glen auto park which is just adjacent to the building 
Uh, there's lots of like beautiful things nearby. And like you said, you could go to Thousand Acres or do some other hikes as well. Yeah, and Chris, I just want to say, uh, you know, we're so grateful to the local community and the Portland community and the rest of the Oregon community for supporting our business and coming out to the drive-in. It's really like we've been in the middle of nowhere out here just kind of like hoping for people to continue coming. We feel really grateful um, that we've received the support that we do. Um, we're open Thursday through Monday from 11 to 5, Thursdays, Fridays, and Mondays are a little bit more manageable, but we always just try to let people know to um, embrace the line. You know, it's like part of the experience. You're out right on the river, um, just sort of enjoying this uh, experience that we try to put together. And um, I think it's fun, even if it's busy. Well, no one should really be in a rush when they go out there, right? So they're, they're going out there. There's nobody that's going to be, I got to get out of here soon. If you're coming out to Sugar Pine, you're, you're in that mode. You're in a, a more relaxed mode. And so I think I, I agree with you. And I think the fact that you ha you're able to order online satisfies the people like me who sometimes want to just get out and go do what we want to do. So th that is fantastic. So all the particulars, uh, Instagram, website, all that stuff, share that. And then uh, we'll let you go enjoy your morning in, in uh, Kauai. Yeah. Thanks so much for having us, Chris. Um, check us out at uh, on Instagram at Sugar Pine Drive-In. Same for Facebook. Um, also, go to our, our, our website, Goods. Uh, sorry, SugarPineGoods.com, and check out all of our retail sauces. They're also now available at tons of retail stores in the local area. We've got our signature Sunday sauces, our miso caramel, honey hot fudge, blueberry lavender sauce for sale, and now we're also launching our uh, flagship barbecue sauce at New Seasons in the coming week. Uh, it's called Sweet Smoke Barbecue Sauce. We also have what's called a Northwest Wonder Rub barbecue spice that we're selling exclusively at this point from the drive-in. Just an all-purpose barbecue seasoning with wild mushroom powder, good coffee, uh, Willamette Valley Pinot Noir grapes, cocoa, tons of herbs and classic barbecue spices. It's awesome. Wow, that sounds that sounds fantastic. Thank you for that heads up. You know, also I was gonna say I pay I pay attention to what Food Dude does, right? So he's how I first learned about the fact that there was a food scene in Portland. And I saw him discover Sugar Pine and go there like three days in a row. Uh, when he did so I thought that was pretty cool but I'll tell you one thing of all places that have opened there have been a lot of, a few places that opened that have had a buzz but in the last four or five years I don't think you know if you're gonna rate the places that had a buzz on social media I have I think you it would be safe to say Sugar Pine was uh, up there at the top uh, all along so um, thank you so much both of you I really appreciate your you're stopping in at seven in the morning your time, um, which probably is a record for anybody doing the podcast in terms of how much out of the way they went. So both of you, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, I'll look forward to saying hello in person. If you're out at the coast, and you're always welcome out here too, we have opportunities. So uh, if you're out at the coast, love to say hi. But I really appreciate it. and I want to thank you again for being listeners that's something we, we appreciate too eight years we've been doing this 
So uh, we finally got you on the podcast. Finally. So thank you very much. Have a good day. What did we say out there? What, what, what is the Hawaiian? What should I be saying in Hawaiian right now to you? Aloha. Aloha. Yeah. Well, aloha. Yeah, but isn't it? Is that a goodbye as well? Yes, it is, I guess. It but is. There's something else. There's something else that I have heard that indicates have a great day or something. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm unaware. <laughs> I am, obviously. So um, thank you. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. We'll be in touch. Hey, Chris. Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate being yeah, here. Yeah, it was our pleasure. All Thanks. right. Uh, my pleasure. Until next time. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right